Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year uh, to you and yours. We pray everyone is well, and we welcome you to another episode of the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. I'm your co-host today, Greta. And of course, you know, I'm joined by my girls, Takesha and Renee. Say what's up, ladies. What's up? Hey, what's up? In these next three episodes, which I'm so excited about, we want to explore and we're going to talk about the idea of Black girl magic. I'm sure it's a phrase that you all have heard, um, maybe in passing, maybe in detail, but it's a phrase that's out there. It's a title, it's a name, uh, but it's also an entertainment, it's broadcast, a podcast, and fashion brand all rolled into one. Uh, credited to the creative mind of Beverly Bond. Uh, Black Girl Magic grew out of the Black Girls Rock Award Show, which sought to highlight the power, beauty, and absolutely fantastic brilliance of Black women. Hey, come on. Uh, That award show first aired in 2006, and then some years later in 2014, uh, Beverly Bond trademarked the name Black Girl Magic out of that. And so uh, I remember when I first heard about the Black Girls Rock Award Show, and I was like, yes, this is what's up. I was loving it. And uh, I thought it captured that uh, that special genesis qua, that, that, oomph, that special something that I believe Black women possess. Uh, that allows us to walk in excellence and to walk in grace and to have the style and the beauty and the brilliance. And I'm telling you, Black women, we are a fierce something to be reckoned with. And so I'm right, come on, give it up for yourselves, women. And I, I not know, of course, let me, let me, back, let me backtrack just a little bit because we know men listen too. So you know, nothing, nothing against the men, nothing against you all. Um, but just in celebration of our sisters, the black girl magic, all of that, you know, whether you call it magic or not, and we're going to explore that just kudos to us because we are out here doing the doggone thing. And so my first question, ladies, is what are your thoughts about that phrase, black girls, black girl magic? And how did you feel when you first heard it? Or, or what did it make you think?
Ronnie was nodding. I thought the girl, I was like, I thought this was about to come and I didn't want to jump in before her. <laughs> Go ahead, Keisha. So um, I just think that it was, you know, there's some things that just instantly resonate with you yeah. when you hear it and you're like, that, that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for these words to be strung together mm. to describe ourselves. And so, you know, it also for me was a um an owning mm. of ourselves and our stories mm -hmm. and so i automatically fell in love with it i, I had no critiques or anything <laughs> about it you know because some people be like girl we're women no it it, it really felt lighthearted to me but it also felt like it captured the essence of who we were absolutely for me, I think I was deep and sanctified hey, uh, <laughs> during the time that that came out. And so um, I think that phrase hit me and was like, yes. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, magic. But wait a minute. You know, that mm -hmm. was, you know, I was in a di different point of understanding what it all meant and what magic actually means. And so, um, you know, I kind of I, I looked at it. I looked at the phrase with awe, like, yes. And then like, mm, but I don't know if that's exactly me, you know, let's, let's see, but I've grown to love it. So is it the, the hesitance before in your deep, super deep phase, it was because magic and the idea of casting spells. Indeed. And, you know, I was rolling deep with the Pentecostals. Uh, I was in the aftermath of, of coming out of, you know, rolling deep with the Pentecostals. And so, um, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, but, you know, there's that deeper conversation we can have now about, you know, Christianity being a magical uh, kind of belief system. But, you know, that's another episode or two. Uh, down <laughs> we, we, we can table that. But yeah, 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 yeah. I just love how you bring up the super deep face. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I love how you've coined it. and. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that. I do. I really do. Spiritual. Super, super duper spiritual. I it was a coming out of that. Uh once I moved back west and, and got into a Baptist church and was mm. and then got into seminary. Uh mm. that I was like, wait a minute. Oh no, wait a minute. That ain't what I thought it was. And you mm. know. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's an episode. Mm -hmm. That's an episode. Yes. All right. And the, the benefit of seminary, uh, being in seminary and being able to de deconstruct mm. yeah, was something that was more aligned with what scripture actually says. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. Let, let's note, not a Bible college. Ah, mm. <laughs> oh, Shondo, because mm. I did go to Bible college. Uh, <laughs> I did go to Bible college uh, first. Um, and so there were things that I thought I knew. Mm. Like, I thought I knew all of that. I went to seminary and was like, wait, what? Mm. That ain't what that is. Wow, that's that's another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 body and the 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 blood. Wait a minute, is is are we are we cast this? What? So wow. yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good. That's good. All right. Mental notes. Mental notes. We got two episodes so far. Okay, here we go. Look, I'm just about to type it in because I know we type gonna leave off this this podcast and be like, what? Are we we were going right, to right, right, right. <laughs> take notes, yes. deconstructing our faith. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yeah. 
in, in our super holy phases because I, I had one too. Yeah. I, I mean, we all do, especially when you're called to exactly. preach. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And then one step further in my deconstruction was our doctoral program, right? Going mm. to Africa and seeing yep. practices there that have been demonized in the spirituality we practice here in the West, right? Seeing yeah. that those practices are almost exactly the same as what we're doing here. It's like, come on now. Come yeah. on now. You know, yeah. this is all very magical. Mm. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come through. But I know. Go ahead on. Go home with the episode. I know yeah, that was good. Been, mm. All right. Okay. You got you got my wheels turning. Your wheels. Turning. Okay. So, but back, 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 back. Okay. Here we go. So, not sure. Jumping into the righteous, of course. Yes. Not sure this qualifies so much as righteous, but I think it's important to note that we are all uniquely created in the image of God. Right. Um. And as creators, co-creators, if you will, with imagination and the capability, yeah, I'm saying it right, capability for excellence. Um, I'm reminded of Psalm 139 that says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, I believe that scripture coupled with the fact that those who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ, children of God, we have something in us. We have treasure in earthen vessels, come on, beyond talent and skill that allows us to excel. I'm not saying we're better than anybody, but I do believe we have a little extra something. I mean, come on, yeah. I, this, this is my opinion, I, but I do believe we have something in us, embedded, imparted in us uh, that allows us to excel. And I think Black women in particularly, or in particular have, uh, a, a way of bringing that out of themselves, out of ourselves. Um, additionally, when we pray, Lord, bless the work of my hands, whether black man, black woman, even whoever, or if we pray, bless the thoughts of my mind, the words of my mouth, I believe that God gives us opportunity to show up and show out, uh, or we give God the opportunity to show up and show out in us and through us. Um and so with that, that there's a difference there. I think it allows us access. I think it, I think it allows us a, a, a certain particular grace to do things uh, that we couldn't ordinarily do. And we see that in scripture. God says that, or not God, but let me not even go there. Scripture says, <laughs> yeah. ah, scripture says that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. So within that in itself, there is something in us that others do not particularly have or readily know that they have that allows us to do things that people would not ordinarily do. Any thoughts about that before I go any further? What do you what do you think about that? Is that true, you believe, or not so much? Yeah, I believe it. I believe God puts super on our natural. Um, and yeah, and, you know, that that is absolutely a uh what you said is is true, is that we are able to do, we're able to move mountains, you know, uh that that rather that God with us. Mm -hmm. Moves mountains can move mountains in our lives, and and just think about all of the amazing things that you know believers and black women and mm. black men too, but black women have done uh, with the help yeah. of God. So yeah, 
yeah, creating something out of nothing. Like that's our story. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's the black woman's story. Come so on. yeah, that's good. That's oh. good. All right. So the magic then that we possess is there. And my question is, as black women raised by black women, uh, were there instances in your upbringing uh, that your mom or some other woman in your life passed down to you about the magic that you possess? Um, yeah. Any, and I guess what I'm asking is what lessons did you learn from the women in your family about your special, your specialness, you know? Um, I, it, one memory I have in particular, I, and I don't know how old I was, I definitely wasn't more than 10. Um, my mom, and I can't recall exactly what she said, but it was along the lines of um, a lot of people will think you can't. And you need to show them that you can. And I'm, I'm, that is totally not what she told me. But that was the gist of what she said. And it struck something in me that made me want to excel at everything that I put my hands on. And that was the posture that I took then as a child. And even now, I've, I've carried that with me all of my life. So can you think of instances in your life where someone said something or, you know, to, to kind of bring out that gift in you? I think it was not necessarily something someone has said, but more so the, the witness that they uh, allowed me to see that showed me that there was something special about being a Black woman. So from my earliest memories, I saw my mom doing, doing what it took to, to get things done. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom until I was about uh, five or so, and she, she and my parents divorced for the first time, um, and then so she became a single mom, and and she's raising us on her own. She she went back to school, she worked, you know, a job, and was able to take care of us. And then you know our parents remarried, and you know all this, but there, she also surrounded herself with women who were doing the things and the stuffs for themselves and for their families as well. So it was her witness. It was the witness of Auntie Vera. It was the witness of, of Miss Carol, you know, and the witness of other women in our community who were bad somebodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that showed me that I, that I was, you know, equally bad, you know, I, that I, that that was what I was to aspire to, to be equally yes. bad. whether, whether or not I had to do it by myself. Um, was another thing, but I knew if I had to, I could. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So two stories that kind of, or, or ideas, I guess, that kind of stick out to me was like, I just remember my mom and her girlfriends being like really fly and sitting around the table. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just created like this, you know, energy around what was so magical about black women. Like, yes. you know, they're so cute. They're like, you know, they girlfriends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and when I think about 
my own, you know, story of, of, of how I am now with my friends and the, the, the things that we're creating for each other. I was like, I think it was, you know, looking at them and it's not that they ever said anything to us. It was just that quiet observance of them living who they were that really um, spoke volumes about it. The other thing was my mom would always say to me that it does not matter how you look. It is how you feel inside. And so she used to mm. always point to one of her girlfriends. She's like, she's not really pretty, but you can't tell her that she's not the baddest chick. Like, and she was like, it's all about your attitude. Mm. She's like, you know, she can pull anybody because she has the confidence and the attitude. Mm. And so she always would tell me about that. She's like, your confidence and your attitude is what you bring to the table. Like, so it doesn't matter what people say about you, what people think on how you look, you know, it is always your confidence and your attitude. I don't know if I fully embodied it yet, but mm -hmm. I think that the seed was planted and it's always, um, you know, unfolding in me so that, you know, I, I can, can, not taking what the media says about who I am to, you know, as my body changes so that I can remember you're still who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a seed that was planted that said, Hey girl, you magic, no matter what other people think about you. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when you want to like shrink back, that magical seed just comes mm -hmm. and rises up and says, tap, tap. Hey, remember mm -hmm. this. That's good. And, and you said something about, you saw your mom sitting at the table with her girlfriends. Of course, that brought up for me the image of, you know, our kitchens, the kitchen table and the different conversations and and things like that. But it also made me think about the show Girlfriends. And so that made me also wonder how important for you guys were the images that you saw growing up that that let you know that there was something special about, about Black women. I'm glad you brought up that show because that was um, me and my bestie. Like we, we made dates to watch that show on over the phone together, mm. like all the seasons, like we would stop what we were doing. Like we knew that, that whenever it came on at that time, we were going to be on the phone mm -hmm. watching it together. And um, that season of time and that season of life also um, was when I really started taking um true uh, account of the women around me, you know, mm -hmm. my years mm -hmm. and the giftings that lie in them and, and admiring them and really mm -hmm. celebrating them. And that's, yeah. that was important because that helped reflect me to me, mm -hmm. you know, that helped uh, me see myself in their eyes. And so yeah. that was absolutely a, um, a groundbreaking show for me. Mm -hmm. And, a, and a, it hit me, you know, which hit me right at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that show. I mm -hmm. still say I'm like, and I know Kelsey Grammer is trying to bring it back, but they have mm -hmm. some different challenges that they're facing in terms of uh, the rights, you know, who owns the rights to the right. show. But I always felt like we were cheated and robbed <laughs> from, mm -hmm. you know, it just cut off so abruptly. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but it really did um that and living single mm -hmm. showed 
oh, yeah. black women mm-hmm. and our differentiations, mm-hmm. you know, because oftentimes, even if you think about the black women that were in videos or there was just this one imagery, but those shows gave us and shout out to girlfriends for casting a dark skinned woman, you yes. know, as yes. part of the lead. But it gave us imagery that was different. And so we saw different, you know, uh, personalities. We saw, you know, people with different goals. You know, they gave us the ratchet hood chick to the lawyer. And so it gave room for all of the magic that is Black women. And we didn't have to just be, you know, uh, the talented 10th to be worthy Mm -hmm. of being seen. And even the evolution of characters, because Maya, you know, Mm -hmm. grew into this author. And so Mm -hmm. there was Mm -hmm. so much that was present. I'm going to take it left for a second here, because as we were talking about the magicalness of sitting around the table, what I also remember about Black Girl Magic that is part of my childhood was the care that my mother took with my hair. Like Mm. (laughs) that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, is is also ingrained in me about part of the the magicalness of black women. It was, mm-hmm. you know, they were taking you to the salon when you needed to be taken to the mm-hmm. salon, mm-hmm. but they were also sitting you down and taking the care to oh, yeah. braid your hair, grease that thing. And that is such a unique experience, I think, to black women, mm-hmm. 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 you know, that is part of our magic, that that care where we sit under our mothers and they care for our hair and tell stories and joke. Mm -hmm. You know, there is something in those moments that infuse into us about who we are that I think we don't even necessarily um, point to it automatically, but it is, you know, just the moment you think about it, it can bring you back to a place of love and care mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. affirmation of who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, I want to name, cause we talked about kind of in our immediate circle or family, you know, the women who impacted us to let us know that we were special. And we were talking about images and we girlfriends and things like that. And I, I, and this is going to tell my age, but I remember, for example, the first time <clears throat> I saw Diana Ross on screen, mm. the first time I saw Diane Carroll, um, Dominique Devereaux on uh, Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are Black women who were classy and elegant and mm-hmm. graceful. And I was just like, wow, it, it it did something for me. And I could see my mom, her mom, and my aunt, some of three of the baddest sisters you would ever, I mean, Sunday morning, they, they showed everybody up hmm. um, because these were women, of course, who sold. And so they made the baddest outfits with the matching purses that they made um, you know, my mom, my, my grandmother with the Fox or, you know, just, just, I mean, just classy. And so, um, those images were so important to me growing up. Uh, I still love Diana Ross and Diane Carroll to this day. Um, and I would add Felicia Rashad, even though of course we, okay. 
but I would add her to the list too. And Debbie Allen, um, but these were women that just, for me, were like the epitome of Black women womanhood. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think those images are so important. And I'll say too, one of my, I won't say it's a favorite episode of Blackish for me, but I love the episode where little Diane gets, a, someone gives her a white doll, American girl doll, and they go to the store. <laughs> but, it, you know, and, and Rainbow just has a fit that, you know, she goes to the store and they have two dolls that are Black. And uh, I think one is Sassy Sadie or somebody, and the other one is uh, a runaway slave or something. So, and and just you know, she talked about the importance of of images and 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 being able to see ourselves, and that's so important when we talk about black girl magic or just the special something that black women have. It's important that we see that reflected somewhere, right? Um, and I think for me, I think that was part of, has always been a part of the argument. I'm, I'm just throwing stuff in there, y'all. I think this is part of the argument of why, of what we hear against some of the images we see today, of course. Um, you know, the B words, the, the, the D, whatever the case may be. But I think that's so, some of the pushback. Because, and it's not that they're not, they don't have or possess their own magic. It's just a different magic that a lot of women, I think, aren't used to. And any thoughts uh, on that before we go into this ratchetness? Yes. I want to just jump and take it back again to girlfriends because shout out to Lynn Searcy on mm -hmm. girlfriends, right? Mm -hmm. Her character was in some ways the, the, the predecessor or, or the model for soft girl life for mm, keys, uh -huh. right? And they framed it as she was a freeloader in some mm. way. Yes, maybe she did take it, take advantage of her friends at times, but she was an artist. Mm -hmm. had a vision for her life things, that yeah. was not tied to production, right? And I don't think mm. she gets enough, enough shine. When we talk about girlfriends and we talk about the images that we've seen of Black women, all the black women that you've named, Greta, all these characters were women that had it together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Women who, who had worked or married into wealth, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But you have here you have Lynn who is eking out this very joyous, joy-filled, mm -hmm. this easeful life. And very different, very yeah, different. Very different than what we had seen. I mean, mm -hmm. even a living single, you had Sinclair who, you know, she did work. And she was joyful in all of this. She really wasn't as driven as mm -hmm. maybe Asia and definitely not as Max or what have you. Right. Um, but Lynn completely blew all of all of what you saw previously out of the water. We had never mm -hmm. seen a black That's woman true. be able to live her truth and live in ease the way that Lynn did. I'm glad you said that because that's a good way to go into this ratchet part. Okay. Because as black well, don't women, call me ratchet though. No, no, no. no well, but it, you'll see why. Because okay. as as black women, we have always been the sugar, honey, iced tea. Come on. Um, we're known for going over and above and beyond what is required. We're often the most educated, the most qualified, hardest workers and still are often the most disrespected and unseen, right? But 
you mentioned Lynn. Here she is. Your word. She may have been seen as a freeloader, mm -hmm. but she was still in the end, if I'm not mistaken, she was still very well, Renee, I'll let you talk to it because I I, I saw girlfriends, but I was not invested as you two seem to have been. So I, I can't really speak to her character, but I do remember she was kind of aloof. She was kind of floating from home to home or something, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so in the end, what happened with her? I believe she her her art was taking off, I believe, toward the end. Um, and she was also, oh, I need to name this. She was also probably the most sexually free. free. Yeah, I do. Yeah, of, of the group. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, she was her art was taking off, at least I recall that. Um, but she was definitely still valued mm -hmm. as part of the group. Mm -hmm. She was still seen. She did a lot of her political activism through art. Mm -hmm. uh, she, yeah, yeah, she she was doing some things. So she's kind of like the antithetical, I guess, character to what a little bit of what we're talking about. Because like I mentioned, we are often the most qualified. We're, we produce, as, as you mentioned, we are very productive. Um, but of course we know that this can lead to us being overworked, which is why we kind of had that soft life episode, you know, we're overworked, we're pushed beyond our limits. Um, and it can be very harmful, right? Um, even sometimes to the point of resentment, you know, hmm. have you ever, have either of you ever experienced any of that, you know, in terms of the most qualified, but often overlooked and Lord, don't get me started in this, this church thing. Cause we know that is the case. And maybe that's part of what we need to talk about. Um, I know in the church, uh, I ain't called no particular church, but I know in the church, we are, uh, the most qualified hey. and the most often overlooked. A lot. So I'm going to stop there because I feel a soapbox coming and I'm not trying to get up there today. <laughs> but what, what have been your experiences with that? And how did it turn out in the end? Or is it still going on? I think as you were saying it, even before you jumped in and you <laughs> named the church, baby, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to me is that <laughs> oftentimes um, the way that women are engaged in church is that our services, y'all, let me just name up front. I apologize. My neighbor's dog is oh. outside. <laughs> and so Bella is having okay. a fit with I don't know who or what outside, but mm -hmm. like... Bella, please, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of all that is holy, hush. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh my goodness, Bella, please, please, please. But yeah, I just think that oftentimes our magic is utilized as mm. the image that makes the church looks good, makes the church look good, mm. but we are not rewarded for it. And I think right. that it happens in the workplace as well. Um to a certain degree, we can even uh, discuss the idea of um, 
DEI and, Mm -hmm. you know, what that Mm -hmm. looks like. Sometimes they prop us up to make themselves Mm -hmm. look good, put, you know, pat themselves on the back and say, look, we've got a black executive in our C-suite, but Mm -hmm. our voices are not valued. They're not listened to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just to be a prop rather than to actually recognize the magic that is in the room. It's often taken for granted. Mm -hmm. And so while the church may use our (laughs) magicalness, to advance itself and not reward us. I think often in corporate America, our look is used, Mm. but not our voices and the actual magic Mm. we bring to the table. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes our magic is exploited uh, because they, you know, know we're going to show up. We're going to show up and give it at all, give it our all. And so there are oftentimes, you know, black women are the ones working so hard and not credited. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. you said that. And I just thought about a girlfriend. We were having a conversation about um, black academia. She's a um, black academic. Mm-hmm. And we were uh, talking about how they had a program. They were talking about how they wanted to be more inclusive of students and um, how could they do it? Mm-hmm. So in the meeting, she brought up her idea. They said, oh, okay, sounds good. You know, let's sit on it. Let's table it. Mm-hmm. And so she said two years later, mm-hmm. they did a complete rollout of her program that mm-hmm. was tabled and never credited her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she was like, at that point, she was like, okay, <laughs> the doors are about to see me. They don't know it yet, but the doors are about to see me. Yeah. And and I think that's really what I was getting at, you know, the exploitation of Black girl magic, right? Um, Because we are working, we are the hard workers. We are the ones who put in the the extra education, the extra work, the extra, 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 whatever the extra is. Um, Sometimes so much so that we are exploited, that we are overworked, we are all of the things. Um, and yeah, and so that that's the ratchet part that I, I was really trying to get to the exploitation of the magic um, because people know it exists. People see it. There's a reason why we are the most educated, right? Um, and, and the ones who should be at the table, but we're still continually excluded from the table. Um, and I saw someone post the other day, sometimes you make it to the table and it ain't what you, <laughs> it ain't nothing there to eat. You, you, it's, it make you sick to your stomach. Uh, and I actually, uh, quiet as kept. I had a moment like that not too long ago, uh, over the past couple of months, ended up at a table that I thought I wanted to be at. And I got to the table and I was like, is this what this is? And instantly wanted to leave, wanted to run. Yeah. Um, because the folk, because of the folk at the table. And I did not want to be associated with that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. So yeah. Um is, hold on one moment. This is why we see have seen one one reason why we have seen black women taking the lead in creating digital spaces mm. where black women can be seen and thrive, nice. right? Nice. Yeah. Black 
church spaces that are are you yeah. know basically hush harbors and brush harbors yeah. for black women in particular um and and in a womanist theological framework right you know we are seeing us creating our own spaces because we get more degrees in a thermometer but we can't preach from the big podium come we on from the floor or take the lectern right in these black male identified spaces. And so we have had to create our own, our own yeah. tables, our own situations. And I, that's not of, it's not of God for, for the church to be, the black church to be so uh, divided in this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that just, that ain't right. That's not right. right. Um, that's and I good. it is, it is, draining you know how we have brain drains like people mm -hmm. uh get all this education but they can't mm -hmm. find anything in there and, and mm -hmm. go out of the country or what have you it's, it's kind of a brain drain um out of the black church because women we we gonna create our own spaces we're gonna yeah. do what it needs to do right we're yeah. gonna make it do what it do so yeah that's such an excellent point it go ahead Keisha. thank you want to say something i was just gonna say and it's not even just there I'm witnessing black women also exiting corporate America and creating mm -hmm. their own spaces mm -hmm. as well because of the same reasons mm -hmm. that you named. Either they're not listened to or they're exploited. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know if this ties in. It makes me think about Issa Rae. What was her awkward black girl? Or mm -hmm. I think that's how she started. And yeah. just to see her blossom. But, you know. And I don't know all of her story, but, you know, just to see her create her own um, and she's thriving in it. And I'm sure that probably had a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. Being equipped and being skilled and just constantly overlooked and having that mind to say, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own. And so, yeah, absolutely. And bring sisters along with me. Yes, know? that part. Yeah. That part, that part. Look, you guys, if there is something to take away from this episode, I'm like, baby, it is that part right there. Mm -hmm. If you're being overlooked, if your black girl magic is not being appreciated mm -hmm. where you are, stop trying to fight for them to mm -hmm. see you mm -hmm. and just draining yourself, making yourself feel like you are less than. Let's stop tap dancing in 2024 for them to see us and let us just exit the building loudly, quietly, whatever you have to do and create your own space where your black girl magic thrives because even when we talk about you know when you first introduced it and talking about how the word even came into being mm -hmm. there was no black award show that celebrated just black women right and the greatness that was black women right and especially in this age where <laughs> they are trying everything within their power to mm -hmm. take away anything mm -hmm. that is for black people and black women. Let's yeah. stop depending on them. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Very good. Very good. Well, ladies, we know that as black women, we are unicorns. Um, we really are. We are beautiful. We are majestic. We are brilliant. We are full of grace. Amen style and creativity. Uh, we don't often shrink back in fear for any reason. Um, 
God made us to shine. I truly believe that God made us to shine, to bloom uh, wherever we may be planted. And if we are, uh, if someone is not giving us the light and the water to shine where and bloom where we're planted, uh, we can pluck and plant ourselves somewhere else. We mm -hmm. even have that, right? Um, the reality for a lot of us is we don't know how to be anything else. Uh, we don't have that dial or to the, we don't turn it down. We don't dial it down and we should not, um, we should not shrink back. Um, we should not um, dampen or lessen our light, uh, but we should shine uh, as brightly and as brilliantly as we can. Uh, but we do know that there are those out there who will and who do take advantage of our magic, uh, who will try to drain us of our magic if you let them. Um, so we just want to say be aware, be cautious um, where and when you need to be. Protect your magic. Don't waste your magic uh, because it is priceless. It is beyond measure. And so uh, with that being said, ladies, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners today? I think mine would, would be recognize your magic, the thing that is just uniquely yours. So it's even beyond just Black girl magic, but what about you is magic. Recognize that thing and yeah. then allow that to fully shine. Do not hide it, just shine. And when you shine, make sure that you also shine spotlights on our younger girls and give them the permission to let their magic shine as well. That's Bible, actually. Uh, let your light so shine before me. I was men. looking for it. <laughs> I, I was pulling it up. It's Bible, child. <laughs> it is Bible, and I am I using it in it our next episode. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's Matthew. I think it's five. I was looking it up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is Matthew 5. It is coming up in our next episode, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry, Renee. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm so sorry. That's fine. Um, I think celebrating uh, Black Girl Magic, wherever it uh, arises, is important, whether that's in yourself or in others. Um, but I think celebrating it in others helps you to see it in yourself. Mm. Which I think what Girlfriends was all about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And, and my body's magic looks different. That's it. That's True. it. That's so important to name too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think for me, it's bring somebody with you, you know, create those spaces and, and name the names. When you get into the room, whatever room that is, name somebody else, bring somebody with you. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's so important uh, for us to do. And so prayerfully, this episode has blessed you. Prayerfully, something was said to uh, awaken your magic to cause your light to shine a little brighter, but we thank you for tuning in. Um, there is magic in us all. We may call it something different. Um, it may not be magic for you. It may be the light that God has placed in you. It may be the gift that God has given you, but again, you have something in you um, that needs to be brought out, that needs to shine, that needs to blossom, that needs to grow. 
And so again, we just thank you for tuning in from our family to yours. We wish you a very happy and prosperous new year. May 2024 blow your mind in magical ways. Amen to the glory and honor of God. Um, but we thank you and we say peace be unto you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. God bless. Y'all got your benediction for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling touchy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.